Hey Buns, how's it going? Before we get started, I just wanted to say, you know, if uh, you or anyone you know has an interesting story to tell or you think would be good to talk to on the show, uh, let me know, podcast at buns.com. I'm really, um, you know, I kind of want to expand. It doesn't just have to be Buns related. I mean, today we talked to a guy about machine learning, although it is still somewhat Buns related, but you know, if you feel like uh, you've got some sort of interesting story, let me know. Welcome to This Week in Buns. My name hey is Buns. Koji. I'm here with Callie B. As Hi. Always. So, um, yeah, let's jump right into it. I'm trying to avoid getting into the links that uh, are Halloween themed because there's still a few lingering Halloween ones. Well, I actually have a couple <laughs> of Halloween related ones I was so, going to talk about on the top so of the I. show. So do I. So do I. So <laughs> I'll just... Yeah, I was Let's just do those say, real quick. We sh- yeah, we should just get those over with. So the one that I saw that was really cool was uh, someone was trading a, a, co- a League of Their Own costume. Uh, there's Mar- no crying in baseball. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Marissa had posted uh, that she has a League of Their Own costume, and it looks pretty good. Doesn't include Man. bat and glove, though. So if you need a costume for next year and you want to be, like, really ahead of the curve... <laughs> Exactly. Grab it. <laughs> Super prepared a year in advance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but that's the only Halloween one that I've got. So if you've got others. Well, so <laughs> the one that I saw, I didn't see it until after we were done uh, recording the podcast, or I would have mentioned it. Uh, Kate, Kate um, posted in Buns Trading Zone, Yo, Buns, once upon a time, I asked for your help finding an inflatable T-Rex suit. Today, I walked home along Queen West in that T-Rex suit. Did you snap a pic? I'd love to see them. Bonus upside down pic taken before my walk. And the bonus upside down pic is a picture of her in the inflatable T-Rex costume, quite literally upside down, I think on one of those like aerial yoga, like, you know, they have those like hanging fabric, pieces of hanging fabric. So it's like upside down, like leg spread, it almost looks like this um, This T-Rex is pole dancing. That's <laughs> but on closer inspection, it's fabric. And then the comments in this are amazing because some of them are just like, oh, I saw you. It was amazing. But then a bunch of people posted videos that they'd taken of possibly her, maybe mm-hmm. someone else in an inflatable T-Rex suit because you can't tell <laughs> who's in there. But there is like... A couple photos and like five different videos that people took. One from like someone like recording out of like the second story window of the T-Rex across the street. <laughs> and like, like it's just people who had been like recording this thing everywhere. That's fantastic. Um, so even if it's not her, there's still a bunch of hilarious videos of people, of someone, possibly this bun, wandering around in a T-Rex costume. Yeah, those T-Rex costumes it's amazing. are always great. I really wanted one this year, but I was Pizza Chew instead. Oh, it was, it was, which was still was, great. That was good. That was, that was really Thanks. good, though. <laughs> I wanted to be a pun. I do love the T Rex costumes, though. They're hilarious. I love the videos online of them just like doing yeah. normal things. It's the best. There's a yoga T Rex. There's all sorts of them. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, so what other Halloween stuff you got? Well, you know what? This one's not entirely Halloween related, but it was posted on Halloween. Okay. Um, this girl, Sarah, she, who actually I've been following her on Instagram for a while because she has an Instagram account called Chip Rich. Uh, and she literally, it's, it's all reviews of different weird chips. Uh, and she trades buns who go on trips for like if you go on a trip somewhere they have weird flavored chips there that you can't get in Canada if you bring them back to her she will trade you for them and cool. she will review them on her Instagram uh, and she had posted a bun success story uh, saying like buns you've done so much for me this year you really allowed me to transform into the chip lifestyle coach that I always knew I was so thanks to this community I met a lot of hilarious creative people like Alexandra and there's a link uh, to Alexandra, who had traded her a photo shoot uh, for some goods. Um, so if you, she's basically doing a shout out to Alec, um, Alexandra saying like, if you need someone to take like rad photos of you, you can mm -hmm. trade her. She's a bun. Um, but she, for this photo shoot, is wearing a chiprich shirt that she got made, holding a bag of flaming Cheetos. And then she made herself... Uh, like a crown, a tiara crown out of chips. <laughs> and it's like Doritos and Flaming Cheetos made into like a Flaming Chip crown, which is amazing. That's pretty <laughs> uh, awesome. It's so good. And she just like reviews all the weird chip flavors. So, you know, if you guys go traveling and you find some weird ones, bring them back uh, for Sarah because she's pretty rad. <laughs> and she like trades on buns for weird chips all the time. Well, speaking of traveling... Uh, Avi posted in Buns that uh, he needs help unlocking 20 iPhone 4s with Bell Canada. What? <laughs> 20? Because, yeah, because he uh, apparently works with um, one of the largest medical providers within Syria, UOSSM, and uh, is taking the phones with him for the medical providers to use. However, huh. they're currently locked and they need help unlocking them. So if you have any of those unlocking skills with a Z, uh, <laughs> find Avi or go to the Buns Podcast Zone, click on that link and help him out. That's weird. I missed this. I did see someone else. I wonder if it was the same thing. I thought it was just one phone, though. I saw someone who was trying to unlock a phone from TELUS. And you can just call TELUS and get them to unlock it. But that is kind of expensive. I think it's $50 every time you want to unlock something. Right. Um, so yeah, if you want to help this guy out for cheaper than that, they could maybe do a trade with you. It's for a good cause. I actually have a lot of, um, there are a lot of like charity things on buns this week, actually. Oh, cool. Okay. <clears throat> um, one of them, uh, Steph posted on the main zone, uh, that she's ISO some kind hearted buns to help her out. Cause every year she collects McNopoly food stickers to give to a homeless man who resides in her area. This year, she'd asked her office oh, if they yeah, had any yeah, unwanted so. stickers they wouldn't mind donating. Um, and today, she almost cried when she received not only a bunch of food stickers, but also a stack of gift cards from the people in her office. So, yeah, and she just wants to do more to help more people. So she's asking if there are buns who would want to help her distribute or contribute. Um, she has more than expected and wants to start helping more people than just this one fellow that she was helping originally. Perhaps she should um, contact Good Food Helps or whatever their... Uh you know what? Someone posted that in the comments. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. Yeah. So if you have any, I mean, even if you, if you don't have food 
to donate or gift cards to donate, even if you just have McNopoly stickers that are like a, your doubles or whatever, like give mm-hmm. them to Steph. Um, she's going to be using them for a good cause. Unless you have any of the rare ones, then you can give those to me. <laughs> or uh, give them to Koji. I would really like, uh, I don't even know what the prizes are. I don't even eat McDonald's, so I'm, that's just a joke, but yeah. I've All actually right. seen a bunch of people trading them lately. So what other, what other little, uh, charity uh, posts? So got? there's two other charity posts. Uh, one is, um, I think it's Dana is how you pronounce the name posted on the main zone that they work at a health clinic and many of the clients that they have are homeless and facing financial hardships. So the things that they need right now are bike locks that have keys, um, the ability to open them, to lend them out, uh, for people to lock their bikes while seeing the nurses. Uh, they also need knapsacks, phone chargers, sleeping bags in all caps, uh, toiletries that are hotel size, like razors that are still in the packaging. Uh, so yeah, she just says like, please show us the love and they believe in buns to help them out. So there's actually been a bunch of people commenting on this, a lot of bumps. Um, even if you can't physically afford to donate or help out yourself, you can always bump these posts. Uh, if you comment, it puts it at the top of the feed. The more people that comment, the more people see it, and then the more people help. So um, anything's helpful. Yeah. There are a bunch of people who are working for similar organizations that might help out. But if you have any of those things laying around, um, or like if you work at a bike shop and you guys like want to do something nice and like donate a bunch of bike locks, they need those. Um, and the other one was Jess Kiefer. This is also in the main zone. She posted ISO school supplies, pencils, pens, markers, paper, notebooks, paint, paintbrushes, glue, scissors, etc. cetera. Uh, her partner and her recently visited Jamaica and they spent some time in the Blue Mountains and met a bunch of local school children at Spring Hill Basic School, which is a one-room shack that sits precariously on stilts. And the kids there desperately need like really normal everyday school supplies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they range in age from three to five years old. And yeah, they need help. So if you have, she even said like, we have four pairs of scissors at my house. Like who needs that many scissors? Like so... Uh, after meeting those kids, they realized that they wanted to do something to help. So they're collecting school supplies. Uh, you could give them to her to send all at once. Or if you want to send supplies directly on your own uh, without having to meet up for a trade, if that's easier for you, the address for uh, Spring Hill Basic School is in this post. Uh, so we'll Perfect. put the links up. I'll make sure I actually put them up this week. I think I might have forgotten to do last week's, but I will post them as well today because I have them. I just don't think I ever posted them. Uh, but we'll post this in the Buns podcast zone so you guys can actually get the address and send any school supplies, backpacks, pencils, like literally anything because they need it. Yeah, definitely. Help out where, where we can. And we know Buns is good at it, so... You must have some of that stuff lying around. Speaking of yeah, things totally. lying around, I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, Indie 88 posted by way of Morgan. Hi, Buns. We've got a bunch of free office chairs at Indie 88 Toronto. No trade required. Hmm. But if you want one, just send us a message. Um, now, they're all gone. But the reason I mention it is because I just thought it was very cool that uh, Buns has kind of gro- grown beyond... Uh, you know, just individuals trading and uh, businesses are like, hey, let's let's get let's get in there. 
Yeah, that is really cool. Like if buns work places and they're like, oh, we have all this stuff to get rid of. Like I've actually done that. <laughs> there is like my roommate is the manager at a store and there's like a bunch of stuff in the basement that was like we needed to get rid of it anyway. We we're cleaning it out and we ended up like giving some away and bunsing some. So it's okay. kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm yawning because I, uh, I just gave blood a little while ago and I am feeling it. Oh, that's good, though. I still have to wait. I tried to give blood back when everyone was donating for Daniela, and I had been to Thailand in December, so I still have to wait until mm. <laughs> December They contacted to donate me blood. back since then. Well, I was, when I was there, I guess they got my info, and they were like, come in again. We want your blood. And I was like, ah, okay. I'm do <laughs> Creepy, it. but all right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, another trade that I saw that I just thought was funny, completely unrelated to anything, was... Uh, a hand-painted 12 by 10 portrait of Bubbles from uh, Trailer Park Boys. Oh, I was going to say Powerpuff Girls. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's also... Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was funny. And uh, a lot of my friends love Trailer Park Boys. I could never get into it. Don't tell anybody. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I still like the portrait. Although I, I, apparently Bubbles has been accused of some heinous... I don't know. Anyway... Let's not get into that. <laughs> On to some other posts. What else? Well, you got speaking for us? of heinous people, uh, Scott Atkinson was trading a Trump Make America Great Again hat. Oh, yeah. And this was posted on the 31st of October. Um, and originally the post just said, oh, a friend brought me, a friend in quotes, brought this back from New York City for me thinking I'd appreciate due to my American roots how wrong she was. Help me get this vile hat out of my sight. ISO dignity, dignity and morality. Um, and then that got so many responses that his update is... When I turned on my phone this morning, it sounded like a popcorn popper with all the notifications. Nice. <laughs> I guess a lot of people want this hat. Uh, sorting through them as much as I uh, appreciate all of the offers. Uh, the offer of excessive booze is too tempting. I'd like to have something to drown my sorrows with November 9th, should this imbecile actually win. Um, the comments in this are pretty funny. Uh, I'm not sure... Oh, the hat was traded. <laughs> oh, there there is an update in the comments that I just scrolled down to find. There is a photo of the proud owner of the awful head garment. So the hat's, the hat's been traded, but it was still a pretty funny post. I like that they got so many notifications <laughs> that it was like blowing up their phone just for the Trump hat. Yeah, that's amazing. Make America great <clears throat> again. And uh, I'm very curious to see what will happen tomorrow night or, I guess, one day morning. (laughs) Who knows? I mean, it'll it'll affect you more than it'll affect me, I think. That's true. But uh, I'm still curious nonetheless. Okay, so the last post that I have uh, is one of my favorites, actually. So, Marianne writes, every year my cousins and I do this whole white elephant gift exchange thing. Ah, this was one of mine too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love this one. It's so good. Since our families are a little unique, we also do themes for them. So 2009 was nostalgia, 2010 was bad puns, 2011 was countries, etc., etc. And then what is 2016's theme? Buns. We're all starting out with six tall cans and gifting whatever we can trade for them. So This is such an amazing challenge yeah. and concept like what a great first idea. of all 
like, yeah, super great idea because it's, it's like recycling. It's not as like wasteful, but it's also fun. And it's kind of like a competition, like who can trade six tall cans for like the best present, (laughs) you know, like that's pretty fun. Well, I, I honestly have a feeling unless her family is poaching from her comments, like they almost don't stand a chance because this is the first one, right? Like this is, yeah, yeah. Right. So, like, if you saw the second one being like, hey, my family's doing this thing, you'd be like, ah, I, heard, I already heard this. Moving on. But Oh, that's true. I guess all of the cousins must be in buns. So they saw this post. Yeah. So they must... I'm wondering if they're trying to poach from the comments here or something because she's going to get first dibs on all this cool stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, pretty weird and awesome offers already in the comments. I would really love to go bananas for yo nanas. I saw that. <laughs> that weird machine that like makes you soft serve. Out of with, bananas. Like, frozen fruit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she already well, has one. What? Yeah. Well, she has one, but that doesn't mean she can't trade for one for a present. Oh, fuck. I want a Yonanas. Well, if get any, on it because Bryn has guys one. Out there, have a Yonanas. I am. Just poach the one from this post. I am <laughs> this person so has interested. one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, I love this idea. I like almost wish that I was in Toronto so I could like organize this with my friends as well. I think it would be pretty funny to like see what everybody could get for their six tall cans. I also, I do like that they're all starting with the same thing and they're not just trading whatever they have in their house. It's like they, it's like an, it's an equal playing field, you know? Yeah. They're all starting with six tall cans. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know if you, did you see all of the tattoo posts on buns this week? I only managed to save one of them. No, I didn't. But for some reason there were like three that I don't know what happened this week, but suddenly three different people that do tattoos needed people to do tattoos on. Uh, so the one that I have saved is, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's either Fion or Fion. Uh, was urgent ISO skin to stab free stick and poke tattoo. If you can come to my studio at six today Um, and it'll be photographed for a magazine article about stick and poke. And uh, it's this person actually I've seen on, on uh, buns before their Instagram name is sad stab, which is the part that I recognize and their stick and pokes are actually great. Like they look like really great. They don't look like a shitty stick and poke that like your drunk friend did. Like they look like professional tattoos. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're doing it like in like a tattoo studio. Uh, and they're great. And I, I feel like, I wonder if, I'm not sure if anyone actually, I don't see if, if they updated, if somebody actually did it or not. There were two other posts. There was another one for, uh, like someone was ISO, people to stick and poke, and another person who was offering tattoos for, I think it was $75 gift cards, which is incredibly cheap for a tattoo. Um, And they were also great. I've, I've lost those posts, but there was like a weird influx of people giving tattoos on buns this week. I don't know what happened. Cool. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, so someone is, this, this might've been resolved already, but, uh, Cara posted in the main bun zone, ISO a room to hold about 50 people with tables and a screen to project. Um, sadly, uh, their best friend whom they moved to Toronto with, uh, passed away on Sunday at 
24, which is way too young. Um, but the, the friend is from Alberta. So the funeral is going to be held in Alberta. Uh, and this person felt like they needed to throw a memorial service for their friend in Toronto, which is where they'd been living. Right. Um, so they were desperately looking for a room that's kind of central to downtown with seats, tables, and a projection system, uh, preferably. Uh, they only need it for an afternoon. So if anyone knows of a place that Kara could use for this, uh, the links are going to be in Bun's podcast zone. You could also just search for Kara in Bun's trading zone. Uh, there are a lot of good suggestions. Um, but if you are someone who either knows of a place or maybe you work somewhere that you'd like to donate, uh, Kara is a student with no money. Um, they just want to have a nice memorial for their friends. So if there's a bun out there who wants to help out, that would be a really nice resolution to this situation, I think. Yeah, do it, guys. Do it. You guys haven't let me down thus far with all the nice things that you do, which is part of the reason I love doing this podcast. So, yeah, help her out. Help her out. Um, so I have two more for you. On a, on a very light note... Uh, in the main trading zone, this is something else that I, that I love about buns is that like, even the dumbest posts sometimes are like the most fun. So Jennifer was ISO, the 411 on Swiss chalet sauce lace chips, which I guess is a thing. Oh yeah, they Um, are. It's definitely a thing. I had it. Are they good? Uh, no. I I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Chip Rich has done... A review of these. Uh, I'll ch- have to check her Instagram later. But so Jennifer was ISO because she couldn't find them. She was like, where the flip floop do I find these? I need them uh, for to feed my boyfriend. Anyone seen them in IRL? Bonus points if you've seen them in the West End because that's where I am. They look like this. And then there was a photo. Um, and then the, her edit, like her update is RIP my notifications. You are all the key to my success because there are 85 comments. <laughs> on this telling this girl where to get these chips which i just thought was hilarious like i really appreciate buns coming together to help each other and you know like donate to charities and send school supplies to kids in africa but i also really appreciate people just telling each other where to buy weird chip flavors (laughs) like you can help people in a very small way and it still it still all helps and like 80 plus people. It's interesting that two of your <laughs> posts are about weird chip flavors. Chips. I know. I know. I know. It's a weird chip flavor week on buns, I guess. I think, I, I think we need to start doing snack reviews on this oh, podcast. Oh, man. Just Into it. Eating weird things. I got a buddy who, does, who has a podcast who does snack reviews and uh, I'm so jealous. Oh, man. You should just do a... You should try to trade for a weird snack on buns every week and then... Oh, between, wow. Between this yeah. week on buns and the, and the interview, you can review your weird bun snack. <laughs> snack yeah. zone. Um, I would totally join a bun snack zone. I love snacks. Uh, so my last post for today was posted in Bun's Super Happy Love Zone, which is probably my favorite zone because it's like nothing but positivity all the time. Um, if you ever like need people to like rally around you or something good happens in your life and you feel weird kind of like, quote, bragging about it, that's what this group is for. Like people post 
about things that normally people would be like, oh, you're bragging or like, uh, like when good things happen, you're really excited about it. People post on it on Bun Super Happy Love Zone and everyone is just happy for them. Like it's so pure. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, so Jessica, which I told her that she should post it to the main zone because I think it would do really well there because there are more people. Uh, Jessica says that she's a mom to boy-girl twins who are turning nine this month and she's on a mission to take them to as many different wedding ceremonies from as many different cultures as possible. Uh, she wants them to learn about other traditions and religions. She doesn't have much to offer in exchange but she means this request with the utmost respect. If anyone knows a bride or groom who would be willing to let her and her super well-behaved kids attend just their ceremony so they can see the beautiful traditions and customs of that culture, they would all be so grateful. She made a short little YouTube video about it uh, with a link is in the comments. So you can check it out if you got a second. So if there are any buns out there who either are having... Um, a wedding or know someone who's having a wedding, they want, like, she wants to take her kids to as many different cultural wedding ceremonies as possible. Um, so hopefully she'll post this in the main zone, but otherwise join Bun's Super Happy Love Zone and hit up Jessica. Um, I think this is a really nice idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, or just join the podcast zone and click on the links. But I guess you yeah, have to yeah, be yeah. part of the zones to see them though, right? You do. You do. Because they're all Mm. private. But I mean, whatever joint fun, super happy love zone is the best group. Like, just join it, guys. (laughs) You won't regret it. It's a little too happy for my tastes. I don't know. Oh, please. (laughs) It is super happy. Yeah, and loving. I don't really. Anyway. I mean, even the name of the group is in all caps. Yeah, they seem really excited about it. All those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Not into it. Such a downer, Coach. Oh, yeah, that's me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, is there anything so, else yeah, on your list? There? I think that's it. I mean, yeah. Sweet. That's kind of it All right, for well, this, if, for if this you guys uh, find anything that we might have missed or uh, are curious uh, and want us to talk about some posts, hit us up in the Buns Podcast Zone. Up next, I have an interview with uh, Christopher Barless, who is a developer in the Buns office. He is a quote-unquote machine learning expert. If you don't know what machine learning is, you should probably listen to the interview. And if you do, and you're curious when our robot overlords are going to take us over, you should also listen to the interview. That'll probably be a cool interview. Chris is a great... I actually... Um, my weirdest buns trade, my like most extreme buns trade ever was involved him. Oh, nice. And a friend of his, I actually buns traded them my car for the weekend... To total strangers. Like, I did not know them at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I lent them my car so that they could go up to a cabin for the girl's birthday because their, uh, their ride had fallen through, which was That's super weird. My friends were like, you're lending your cars to strangers? And I was like, yeah, it's buns. And I was yeah, like... it's incredible. I'm maybe too trusting, but they, came, they gave me my car back. Everything was fine. Yeah, and I mean, Barless works at the buns office. It's pretty... Uh... I don't think he did at the time. This oh, okay. was like a year ago. I was yeah. going to say, you can like find it if half. you need to. but Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, until next week, guys. Keep on bunsing. Yeah. Bye. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com.
the interview this week is with Christopher Barless. He is a developer at the Buns office, but uh, more importantly, he is uh, someone who knows a thing or two about machine learning. So we talk about that. If you don't know what that is, I suggest listening to the show so you can find out. Or if you want to know when our machine overlords are going to take over, we talk about that too. Yeah, here's the interview. I am here with none other than Chris Barless. None. <laughs> Some of you uh, might have heard of him because his name has been mentioned quite a few times in a few of these more recent Buns articles. But before we get into uh, what you do, let's just talk about Buns for a little bit because I, I understand that you have a bit of a history with oh. Buns. Yeah, you want to hear that that story? Yeah, let's start there. We'll start at the beginning and then work our way to Yeah, now. like how did we get here? Okay. Um, are you going to edit out all the ums? Yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing? Okay, don't cool. worry about it. I've never like, I've never done this before, but... <laughs> Me either. Not really. So, <laughs> okay, well, the this, this story started back when Buns was still just a Facebook group and only a Facebook group and probably had... Uh, less than a hundred members or so. Uh, I was mid midterm to get into it because at first it was only like ten or fifteen people, like Emily's close friends, right. and it was just a secret Facebook group where you know the ten or fifteen of them would swap wine for clothes and stuff like that. It was just a cute little thing. Right. right, right. Then more and more people started hearing about it, and then I start, I heard about it when it was probably around a hundred or so. And I was like, that sounds neat. So I got my girlfriend at the time to invite me in. And I have a sister who's crazy about antiques and vintage stuff. So I got her in shortly after. And then there was maybe like 150 or 200 people. It was still like a very tight knit group. Like nobody was really more than one degree of separation away right. from Emily kind of thing. I hadn't met her at that point. Yeah. And people were starting to call her mom in the early days at this <laughs> point. because Really already? Was, yeah, it started pretty early because she was kind of the you know the matriarch of the group like she always had to make decisions about who could join or not i mean she i think she let most people in at that point because like i said it, it was it was still pretty tight-knit but uh you know she had to be the arbiter of right. disputes and oh, things well, like I, that i picture her sitting on a digital throne <laughs> kind of um yeah presiding over squabbles being like okay well, cut the cow in half yeah you know? that's right that's right um yeah i i mean and that kind of i think set the stage for for her role in in to the future as well because you know obviously now with how many tens of thousands of people are in the group right. it's, it's a lot of people to manage and people still look to her for a, a, a source of truth or authority or something like that yeah, so yeah. um anyway to fast forward a little bit we were in the group. My sister was happily doing trades and that kind of thing. And um, she's a product designer. She works at a startup called Format now, and she's a product designer there. And I am a developer, which is why I'm here talking to you. Right. So one day, she there was early murmurings. Like once once the group started to really get big and the Facebook group started to get unwieldy, um, people start there was the first couple of scratchings of people being like you know what this would be really good as its own app kind of thing instead of just this 
chaotic Facebook group where you just have to rely on luck and there's no searching and, and you know, any of that kind of stuff. So we, she actually, my sister approached me, her name's Lauren, uh, Lauren approached me and said, Hey, you know, I'm a designer and you're a developer. We've done all kinds of stuff. We've worked together in the past on all kinds of different things. Yeah, she yeah. was like, why don't we approach Emily? We don't even know this girl, but let's, you know, just be like, Hey, we have the skills. We really are in love with this idea. So let's, let's start getting kind of a prototype together. So we decided it was going to happen at the first buns swap meet, uh, the first in-person one. And it was at the great hall. A bunch of people came out. Uh, my sister actually had a little table full of stuff. Oh, nice. And we literally just walked up to Emily and we're like, hello, like we're avid buns users. Uh, my name's Chris, my name's Lauren. And we have already started to like, you know, work on a very early rough prototype of like a wireframe app kind of thing. And yeah. she was immediately suspicious of us. She was just like, okay, you can't just really do that. And <laughs> we were like, you know what? We didn't even really think that this was, yeah. So Emily was obviously a little bit guarded because these two strangers came up to her and were like, hey, we're already working on the app that we yeah. didn't even approach you about yet kind of thing. So I think it was probably my approach that was a little bit too um, presumptive, I guess, that she would just be. Well, I, I think it's also maybe a little bit of a Buns mentality. Very much of Buns is, is like super DIY. Right. And so as soon as it like becomes any more complicated, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So yeah. Like hold, the, yeah. hold your horses. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. And I mean, Emily ha has always been uh, cautious when it comes to any of these things. She's never really wanted to just make huge decisions on an empty stomach and that kind of thing. I mean, right. the, the real truth of it is like, she never really asked for this kind of thing. She yeah. just wanted to get rid of some clothes and then was just thrust into this position of authority and power and decision-making and that kind of thing, which she really never, you know, as a humble musician was just sort of like, this is not, this was not part of the plan. But anyway, uh, oh, like we, after there was like an initial kind of like, Oh, okay. Who the hell are you people right. kind of reaction. And then we went and got a drink with her and the three of us, you know, headed off and we were like, Oh, okay. Like we're actually have like a decent amount in common. So she was like, yeah, let's, let's give it a shot because, um, I mean the, cash price of getting an app made professionally is is a lot you know it's a lot of labor yeah a lot of crazy. expensive labor it takes everything takes longer than you think um there's there's layers and layers and layers and layers to it so the fact that we were able to just start kind of bootstrapping it for free using community sourced you know resources and that right. kind of thing so uh lauren came up with the first logo which was like a little cute stylized troll head which was actually really really great we should bring it back but and I, I started to put together like a node, um, a, a, an app, basically. I put together a server and I put together a client. Um, really, really rough, really primitive. And uh, we were kind of off. But then I was running my own business at the time. And that got very, very, very busy and very hectic. Uh, I was doing, running a small creative agency with a couple of other people. I'm like, you know, when you're that small, you're doing everything, like long hours, sacrifices, that kind of thing. And right. just got to a certain point where I hadn't worked on it in a little while. And I was like, listen, guys, I can't do this for free right now. Like, it's actually like, it's just, it's too much time. Uh, it's distracting from my main, you know, kind of goal that I had at the time. So I was like, let's just kind of like park it right, for now. Yeah. And without a monetary plan for Buns, it's hard to justify spending a lot of time building an app that, yeah, you know, won't see any return. That's true. And so, that's still our right because i mean I, I i assume i assume that if at a point 
you would have been building, say, another app, something totally different, you know, the next Uber or whatever. And you could see that if I finish this app, I could potentially live off of it. Mm. Then they're probably more of an impetus to be like, okay, let me put some other stuff on hold. But oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's that would be ideal, you know, for it to have sort of an end in sight. And like, yeah, just like realistically at the time, like the amount of hours it would have taken to get an app to a point where it was even usable or enjoyable to use or anything like that. You're talking like hundreds of hours kind of thing. And I was just like, I, right. I felt overwhelmed. And, um, and it, that is that when, um, these, these, uh, crazy kids and their other trading right. app kind of swooped in. Yeah. So the, like we, we parked the, uh, app as it was like, it was just in a rough prototype state. And like, we had a little splash page up in a MailChimp mailing list. Where, right. Like, we had like, a few hundred people that were interested like from the get-go like people were really really into the idea initially yeah and then emily got uh, she i, I don't know, emailed her facebook lauren and i and said you know hey i just got this email from this dude i have no idea who he is and he wants to meet with us right and i was like in my experience in my career uh, short as it has been so far i never turned down a meeting yeah for any reason conversations are free Right. And I always just like to nothing to lose. Yeah, nothing to lose. Information. You know? And of course, Emily was you know suspicious as she is. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are these people? And I said, Hey, like I said, meetings are free. So we went down to their office. We met Sash. We met the whole team, and uh, we had a really, really great conversation. They were like, Who are you? Who are we? And it just turned out that we were doing really, really, really similar things in a really similar space. And we kind of had both halves of the scarab from Aladdin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, what is Buns now? Is, they had a piece. It, you had a piece. That's right. They, we had one half. Together. Like we had a, a strong community built around this idea, and uh, they had been working really hard on this this product. And we were like, literally, like when we started going over like what they had done and what we had come up with, we were like, this is the same like the designs looked pretty much the same right the, you know ux looked pretty much the same the flow the idea behind it and everything like that so to me it, it was a no-brainer and i was just like yep this sounds great like we should absolutely pursue this relationship and uh, left the meeting and you know emily we went and had a beer afterwards emily's like i don't know you know yeah just just being cautious as usual so uh, that, that was kind of the last I heard of it. Um, I went back to, you know, working on my agency with the other guys and I, you know, I, my final thought on it was like, we should absolutely, you know, just see where, see where this could go. And yeah. then a few months went by and Lauren and I never really heard from Emily and we were like, man, I wonder how that all turned out. And then the next time I saw her was visiting her at the new Buns office where she was now working <laughs> as the yeah, yeah. marketing, you know, uh, director. Or uh, art director, you know, she's she's a million different things, but yeah, uh, yeah. So then I guess that that was that, and shortly after, um, so she'd been doing this not like really in secret, but like you know, she she'd just been checking this thing out for herself, kind of thing, and starting to get involved. And I think that's around the time that it, that was the first time I met Dave Morton as well, because it was it was at that you know, rent shared space in the startup space or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then, and then what ended up happening was they were looking to grow their development team by one because their product designer was also their lead JavaScript developer and was wearing a lot of hats. Right. the candle at both ends. That's Rajab. Um, they, he kind of just needed backup and 
I got an email being like, uh, hey, we're looking to grow the team. And Emily wanted you to be, you know, have first crack at it because like you were there in the early days and, you know, you have experience with this whole idea. We just want to like float it out there. And again, I was working on my small business at the time and I was very, I, I said, ah, you know, I'm really not interested in leaving. I've got all this time and money invested into this other thing. So more, more, more time than money. But I was... I was just sort of like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Like, it's not the right time for me. I've got my own thing going on. But yeah, yeah. in the spirit of always taking a meeting, because conversations are free, I came down and I, I talked to Sash yeah. and to Rajab. And it was awesome chemistry. Good click right away. And they were just telling me about what they're doing and what they had coming down the line and the kind of work that I could be doing for the app, which was, you know, and still is very, very ambitious and very technically challenging for me mm -hmm. and it was just the right time so i left that meeting being like i am absolutely taking this and can't wait to go work on a product somewhere instead of in the advertising world which is where i had all my previous development experience nice yeah and now you're here here i am so uh i read in the article uh or several articles that you are a machine learning specialist <laughs> yeah now, let's pretend I don't know what machine learning is. Okay. Uh, because, you know what, we'll just start with the, the like sort of textbook definition. It's uh, the ability for a machine to uh, sort of learn or adapt without having to be programmed by a person. Uh, yeah, kind of. And, uh, well, well, the only sort of concrete examples that uh, I've seen in my life. I, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of them, but like the most obvious ones being things like a self-driving car or yep. e even the Netflix algorithms that say, hey, you might like this or you might like that. That's a good one. Um, but why don't you tell me what, what machine learning is? Because it, it kind of sounds creepy. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's not as creepy as the idea of like AI, artificial intelligence, although right. they're, they're close kind of cousins, but machine learning is actually quite a bit simpler and uh your your list of examples was really good like obviously netflix is using machine learning microsoft google um amazon for sure they're one of the biggest uh resellers of machine learning apis and that kind of thing but right so what what it is in its most black and white terms is an algorithm or a piece of software that learns from data that it acquires while running and becomes better at whatever it was programmed to do to begin with. So in right. the case of Netflix, it could be like a recommendation engine and it might have like a set of parameters. It's like, okay, people that like comedies are going to like Adam Sandler movies. Right. But then over time, Netflix is recording all the data of what people who actually do watch Adam Sandler movies go on to watch. And then they feed that data back into the algorithm and it becomes better at what it's doing for having run in the first place. So every iteration, every cycle, right. it's getting better and better and more accurate. So machine learning is actually not so much, uh, a, well, I mean, it is a computer science thing, but it's mostly a statistics thing. It's, right, yeah, it's, yeah. About, it's about taking huge swaths of data and kind of trying to make predictions based on that data, which is something that statisticians have been doing forever. Mm -hmm. But then when you add it, when you bring it into the computer science world and add like, you know, algorithms and logic to it, you can end up with something really, really powerful. So it's, it's used honestly, like any major service Uber is doing it. Like any, any huge company 
Walmart, like, you know, is, is going to be using some kind of machine learning. Right. Uh, and, and I guess the idea is that it's, it's constantly reinterpreting what you're fe- what, or what it's feeding itself, I guess, or that's right. Uh, it, it's looking, I guess it, hold on, let's, let's re- yeah, okay. reset for a second. Yeah. It needs a mass amount of users though. It's, it's not functional if there's only, you need a lot of data, data. not a lot of users. Okay. Well, in the case, in the examples that we provided, like Netflix, for example, you would sure. need a lot of people using Netflix yeah. for it to come up with new recommendations, which there are for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the more, basically the more data, the better. Like the more data you have and the, the cleaner that data is and, and not so much subject to um, things that are ambiguous or whatever, but like really like hard data where we know that Koji is like in his 30s and he, he lives in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and mm-hmm. he watched this movie and then this movie and then this movie at this time of night, you know, and like you can get really, really granular with the data and it just, it gets to the point where they can they don't have to program you into the system. They just run the numbers. Right. And they know what your neighbor who's exactly like you is most likely to do on the Netflix app as well kind of thing. And it's, right. it's, it's just shockingly effective. It's kind of a no-brainer. It's a really, really simple concept when you, when you boil it down. Well, okay. So you mentioned that Amazon is a big provider of machine learning and that they have a lot yeah. of APIs that people can use. Now, yeah. for people who don't know what APIs are, it's essentially the thing that allows people outside of Amazon to feed information into or pull information out of or even just make communication with um yeah amazon's in this case machine learning servers or it could be other sorts of things but so if if amazon is providing machine learning for somebody else how exactly does that work well it's it's they're they're a really fascinating company in general uh i think their ceo jeff bezos is is basically hell-bent on world domination like it seems like he wants to be the provider for shipping logistics, for new product creation, for uh, internet infrastructure. It's kind of crazy because they were uh, bankrupt at one point. Yeah, yeah, they were a broke bookseller. Yeah, um, people didn't think he was going to make it. You know, there's like you can't sell books over the internet, and he said, "Watch me." And at that point, you know, the kind of infrastructure they were working with, like it's it's basically like a you're talking like a glorified GeoCities page. You right. Know, their, their site was like static, dumb had probably like a text string search, no recommendations, no user profiles or anything like that. It was just like a static site practically, you know, with obviously database and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. very, very primitive, very simple. And that just ended up being a success because it turns out people really loved buying books online. So that went off. Yeah. And And now they almost have no competitors. I mean, the only other competitor, like maybe AliExpress, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, even they're working in different markets and stuff like, walmart.com i think and like there's there's a few e-commerce there's a few already big box giants that are taking their business online but nobody's doing it like amazon like it's it's truly truly crazy how much um power is being concentrated right and with all that i guess there's just more learning too because absolutely so yeah to bring us back to um to bring us back to that basically what what they have done is they they put massive amounts of R&D, internal research and development, hired the world's smartest engineers, like away from the world's best schools yeah. and got them to. <laughs> the dog is just going crazy for this rubber ball. Oh, Kiba. Uh, when was I? They've hired the best yeah, engineers. Yeah, yeah, okay. So over the years, 
you know, Amazon starts to make some money. And obviously when you make money, you want to make even more money. So they are reinvesting in their company and they just started to come up with like, you, you know, like serving that many page views and that many, uh, keeping track of that many products and like just, just for them to exist and to run, you need really, really heavy infrastructure. And that stuff's really, really hard. Uh, that, that gets up to very, very high level computer science questions that needs like a lot of re real intelligence and real innovation to kind of come up with. Yeah. <clears throat> We're recording this in a kennel. I don't know if you guys know, but that's what's going on right now. So they did, they did a really, really good job. Suffice to say, they did a really good job and they have now spun off a new thing where they had all this crazy infrastructure running their website, selling all their products. Yeah, to the uh, point you know, where most of the other kind of websites that people normally frequent outside of the giants like Facebook mm -hmm. use Amazon. Well, you be, yeah, to even host like their, their no, stuff. like that. This it's so crazy that like companies like Netflix and and you know not really their competitors, but maybe their peers or whatever, absolutely are using AWS Amazon Web Services because it's just it's just peerless. Like they've yeah. taken this really really hard expensive task of scalable databases up to millions and millions of users, hundreds and thousands of concurrent requests and, you know, machine learning and AI, which they use to sell their own products better. Yeah. At a certain point, you know, they looked down and they were like, other people will pay for this. Yeah. And they were right. So now they're one of the biggest providers of inter internet infrastructure as well. Well, I think so, that's interesting because I don't know that the lay person or most lay people would know that a lot of the money that Amazon has coming in these days has nothing to do amount. with yeah. uh, online retail. Mm -hmm. It's kind of back-end stuff they provide, like machine learning. So as an outsider, how does one you know, use machine learning? machine learning through Amazon? Yeah, because I, I can understand putting together a server and like having full control over what it does and maybe programming it or whatever, but mm -hmm. like, how does one use you know, the Amazon machine learning that's already in place. How do you implement that? Yeah. So, well, that, that goes back to our earlier point about APIs. So APIs are a really important um, idea when you're talking about the web. Uh, it stands for application programming interface. And an interface is any two points of contact between two pieces of software, whether it's conceptually or literally, or, you know, uh, plugging a keyboard into the side of your laptop or whatever, and that's an interface. Like anytime that two things interface is considered an interface. So right. they provide an interface, a public one, where your program that you've written in your language of choice can talk to their program uh, in a predefined way and in a way that they have full control over, and that's their application programming interface. So they open it up to you, and whatever you choose to write, uh, there's certain agreed upon terms and ways that you do it and the way that your two programs will talk to each other and you can make use of all their lovely services. So <clears throat> let's bring it back around to Buns then. Yeah. How does Buns use machine learning? Uh, we use, we're, we're kind of in the early experimental days right now because it's it's still even as, as easy as they've made it, like you still really need to understand the best way to do this. Like it's very, very heady stuff. Like I'm no, yeah. I'm no PhD. Uh, I, I don't even really have a strong math background. I've been doing a lot of relearning, you know, from first year university and that kind of thing yeah. uh, in this process. But so we're, we're working on it still, but the, the plan is, is to do all kinds of things. And, you know, it, it 
would be just things like improving the search results mm -hmm. and knowing that knowing a little bit about you and your habits, not even like you necessarily. It's not like we like record. We don't have like a, the Koji file, like in a dusty basement where we know exactly what you're into or whatever, but we'll know like certain things about you, like what neighborhood you're in, maybe like how old you are. Right. And perhaps feed users better results or trades that they might be more interested in. Absolutely. Or yeah. Because events or whatever else comes down the pipe. Because the, yeah, I mean, because the, the Facebook group and the app right now are basically like, it's just a, a fire hose of stuff. Like there's no tailoring of the results or anything like that beyond, um, beyond just a search term or whatever. Uh, and that's not great because certain people like you and I might be more likely to search for certain things than right. someone who doesn't resemble us in well, yeah, like, I demographics mean, at all kind of thing. I'll probably right? be looking at um, instruments or, sure. or uh, electronics or something. Sure. And I'm not interested in, in dresses, for example. Exactly. That's a huge thing because like, you know, obviously one of the, biggest things that people love about buns is the um is the clothing swapping and that kind of thing uh which is for reasons i will not speculate on like predominantly a female thing to do right. and a lot of the time the dudes come on and we'll see just tons and tons and tons of sundresses and that kind of thing which is all well and good but it's like if you're not interested in that we don't want to bore you by showing it to you over yeah. and over and over again we want to we want to show you stuff you're actually going to like so the idea would be to kind of use people's history, like what you've searched for, the stuff you've clicked on, the stuff that you've liked, take all that data yeah. um, and we're going to start, you know, recording it. And it's not like in a creepy database-y sort of way. Like we cut off any personal information and we're just like, a person who's like this yeah, you clicked on this. Applied to generalities. That's a right. Age groups and... All kinds of stuff. Like even, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, we're not trying to be, you know, reductive or anything like that. But yeah. um, people who are similar are often into similar things kind of thing. And you can draw trends, right? And it, just, right. it goes back to like, you know, what Adam Sandler fans end up watching after they've watched his whole catalog. And very yeah. often it's something pretty similar. So, yeah. And I understand that, um, you are working on something called project Skynet. Is that, <laughs> is that right? Uh, I don't know where you heard that, but no, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm joking obviously, but yeah. it's interesting because, uh, it, it I feel almost like machine learning is the almost basis for things like AI because allowing computers to improve themselves. Yeah, yeah. this is, I mean, this gets into all, all kinds of muddy ethical territory that people have been, you know, people have been talking about back to like Isaac Asimov, like in the 50s, like right. he saw this coming 50, 60 years down the line kind of thing. We, mm -hmm. They weren't anywhere even close to it at that point, but he was like, if things continue to progress the way they are now, this is going to be a thing where the rapidness of, of software development speeds up, you know, exponentially and the quality of the programs and, you know, a, a certain program's ability to like recognize things like faces or to parse pictures and say, this contains a park bench, a pond and a duck and an old man. And then like maybe connecting that ability to break down an image like in breaking it down into or connecting it to like ethical questions and stuff like that and it yeah. just it gets into just very new and very weird territory and it seems like we're heading right there like you know people like elon musk who's like the, one of the, the celebrity the, the tony stark of real life the tony basically. stark of real life is a perfect way to put it 
he's he's one of our like celebrity great minds you know who people tend to listen to a lot and he's he's one of the people being like we and stephen hawking too is every other week putting out an article being like we absolutely need to come together and come up with like a set of rules for what our software is and is not able to do and like things that are like there are certain programs that should probably be illegal to write because they will spin out of control get out of our control and then you think absolutely i think that personally that we're so far from actual artificial intelligence i mean there's some creepy stuff where you know you can have a conversation with alexa yeah. or whatever and be like yeah. hey like is... how are you feeling or whatever and and it'll respond but it's it's not overly intelligent and i think that it's but but one one thing that i mean i i have this conversation all the time and first of all i mean I, I will say that you're absolutely right like these things are they seem silly and like siri is obviously kind of an idiot sometimes and really blows it right um but even if they got it right 100 percent of the time yeah. it still wouldn't be but there's true intelligence so. there's always but there, i i just feel that right now there's all these different pieces of technology that are that are very primitive and very specialized on their own right. you know like Siri's voice recognition and Google's got image recognition and can tell what kind of a mood the person in the photos in and stuff like that like getting pretty personal getting right. like pretty human yeah, these yeah. different things and they're all disparate right now but you know again with the idea of APIs like things can things can be joined together and used in a more powerful way than, you know, greater than the sum of their parts kind of thing. And machine learning makes algorithms smarter, which makes them get better faster. So that implies like an exponential growth in the quality of the program and what it's able to do. So just because it was, you know, but it also, doesn't it also rely on the people who are, I mean, obviously the machine learning is interpreting the data, but mm -hmm. it relies on on the end developer to That's right. to properly interpret, not interpret, but properly use that data. Use it, yeah. In a yeah, you still have to. A person still has to write the algorithm. Right. And I, I will also say for now, because code can be transpiled and generated by, like, code gets generated by computers all the time. Right now, they're just right. they're dumb right but, now. But that but information needs to be used. I mean, the fact that, you know, I watched all these movies while watching, a, after watching a bunch of Adam Sandler movies, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> let's go back to that. Right? <laughs> it has to be applied. I, I mean, someone has to say, okay, you know, so for everyone who watches Adam Sandler movies, let's feed them this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's still up to some sort of human interpretation, right? It, does, it doesn't just go wild on its own. Well, it's like Netflix still. If you recommends have, shit to me, so it does, yeah. And we're still in that nascent, we're still in that early phase right now. But um, you know, I, I I would implore you not to be so dismissive just because Netflix blows your recommendations sometimes. Right now, like there's there's all kinds of factors at play here, like the exponential growth of these things, uh, the fact that we're really bad at forecasting the future for the most part, and we tend to th think things are way further off than they really are. Like for instance, it took until. When did Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov? Was that 97, I think? Somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in, in that vicinity. That was a big deal. And right. that took a supercomputer. 1997, you know, things were very different computing-wise. And they took a supercomputer like the size of a room to beat the world's best chess mind. But it did because it came up with... It just basically came up with millions of iterations for every move. And then was like, this is the most sensible. Right. And at the time, a chief computer scientist at like 
Carnegie Mellon, I don't remember, like MIT, right. said, well, that's all well and good for chess because it's this iterative you know, game of finite possibilities or whatever. But he said it will be at least 100 years before a computer can beat a human player at the game of Go, which is that really complicated uh, game that like really relies on strategy and intuition and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then 15 years later, a machine learning algorithm beat uh, the best human Go player in the world after 15 years. And he said it would take 100. Well, because machine learning was the wrench but, in the plan. He didn't but, consider machine learning. He was looking at it this li- as a linear growth yeah. of computing power. But machine learning made it logarithmic, exponential. But in, in all of these instances, even Jeopardy, mm-hmm. well, Jeopardy is a, a, a kind of a weird example, although did the machine win at Jeopardy? I don't remember. I think it... Watson? I, I don't remember. I think... But even with all of these things, there, it games, I think, are an interesting thing because there's a defined set of rules. You can do this. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Mm-hmm. They're, they're it, it, perfect use cases for algorithms. Right. Absolutely. So like it, it, it um, it's easier to define what, what the compute, yeah, the parameter for the computer is what it can and can't do. Whereas like proper intelligence and, you know, operating within the world, mm-hmm. fooling people mm-hmm. as it were, seems a little bit more. Well, I would say that we're probably pretty close within a couple of, like a couple of years, a handful of years, maybe five at the most right. of, um, you know what the famous Turing test is? Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Like, if you were just typing into a terminal and you were having a conversation, right now, chatbots that, like, try to sell you sex on Skype and that kind of thing are obviously brutal and right. very, very bad. But Microsoft just, you know, they they did they made their teen girl uh, chatbot who learned from people's input and then became horribly racist. <laughs> yeah. <within. laughs> Then and suicidal also. If, if you don't know what 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 Chris is talking about, I implore you to Google it because it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. So my, Microsoft has has actually. I mean, this is just another web infrastructure thing that once Microsoft gets it really crackerjack, they can start selling it, kind of thing. Which is their obviously whole ethos as a company, mm-hmm. a corporation. Um, so they really want to make chatbots good, so that you know when you request support for something like that, then the chatbot can handle all your problems because it's natural language processing. Uh, facilities are so good that you wouldn't even know that you're not talking to a person. So you wouldn't feel like a disenfranchised, you know, citizen in a dystopian f- Logan's run esque future. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Ooh, Logan's run. Yeah. That's <laughs> your alien. <laughs> some listeners here. We're showing our age. What's that other one? T- uh, Ga- Gattaca. That's what I meant. Gattaca is a, yeah, that's, Gattaca's that's good. Ethan one. Hawk. You yeah. want to talk about that? Um, so my point is that right now these things are laughable and silly at times and they're in their early stages, but I mean, I, I think that we're not that far off from you typing into a chat box and getting responses and having no idea if this is a computer algorithm or a human being on the other end. I think we're very close to that. And that's going to be a first step towards a lot of different things. Well, let's see. Uh, how far are we from true artificial intelligence? I'm asking the phone now. Oh, that, hold on. Is that Siri? It, it picked up this whole thing. No, this is Google Assistant, oh, I want to okay. say. Let's try that again. How far are we from true artificial intelligence? Here's what I found. Oh. See? Dumb. <laughs> it just gave me a, a search result. <laughs> it doesn't know either. Uh, yeah. Anyway, 
before we go well it's like don't you know people used to laugh at global warming <laughs> yeah like, no. like laugh at it and purposely try to hurt the environment to make the opposite point that it can't be hurt and then now we're all kind of like oh oh no I, I, don't get me wrong i think it'll happen but i think when stephen hawking is concerned about something you should you should also maybe be concerned <laughs> I, I just think that um it's gonna be a little bit f- further off well okay i shouldn't say that i think that some form of intelligence will be around and, and will be helpful. I don't know how long it's going to take for them to, to well, try and overthrow us. I don't know, man. I mean, I saw Terminator 2, and there was both kinds there. That was an awesome movie. Yeah, it was a great movie. The um, other ones, not so much. Well, the first one was good, too. The second yeah. one was better than the first, yeah. I think, in a rare, a rare reversal. But 3, 4, Genesis. I mean, didn't even see him. All that stuff. Isn't yeah, it? I'm not into remakes. Funny thing, before we go, Sasha's cousin once, uh, while referring to Sasha, said that he would be the first one to sell us out to our computer overlords. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I would. And I feel like that's probably pretty accurate. I mean, he's a good businessman. I'll give him that. <laughs> he lo- we love our technology. We love our technology. <laughs> okay, so uh, the last things that I ask everybody oh. um, while they're on the show is, I know it's already been more than half an hour. It's crazy. Well, uh, the last things that I ask uh, everybody are, what was your first buns trade? Oh, my first one ever? Ever. Oh, my God. Going back to when it was only 100 people. When people used to uh, get around by horse and buggy. And read by a candlelight. I have to really think about it for a second. Oh, actually, I do remember what it was because... I got in trouble. I, what my grandfather died um, years ago, and I I got a, a bunch of his tools, mm-hmm. and he he had handmade a tool carrier, like a toolbox kind of thing that he, I think he had like initialed it, and it was just taking up space in my room, and I I traded it to someone for I think like a bottle of whiskey or something. They gave me like a twenty six or something or other. It was a pretty sweet deal in my right. estimation, but my sister, who's a little more sentimental and really into antiques mm-hmm. lost it on me. She was like, you gave away our grandfather's handmade box. He's dead. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, maybe that wasn't a great idea, but whatever. I like the whiskey. So, so anti robot mm-hmm. intelligence, yeah. but also anti human sentiment. Um, <laughs> I'm not Okay. So what was your most recent buns trade? Um, that should be a little easier. Most recent. I had a girl. I was like her fifth buns trade of the day. Woo. Yeah, she was very, very busy that day. She came in all the way from the Scarborough beaches and drove all the way to me at Roncevelle. And then she was going up to like Scarborough after that or something. Mm-hmm. All over the place. And I got rid of a computer monitor that I didn't need anymore, an old LCD that was a little too big for my desk, and she gave me a bottle of whiskey because mm, nice. I have very well, if you ever, <laughs> finite taste. If you ever need any more whiskey I and um, have yes. other monitors, uh, that computer that I've been using is seriously lacking a monitor. That TV in there is uh, f- from, I want to say, 10 years ago, if not Oh, more. wow. Does it even have HDMI and stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it, not that old. Well, no, I I got it. I got it my second year of university. I want to say, which um, let's see, was 
Oh, 30, 40 yeah. years ago at this point, I guess. Yeah, honestly. Uh, <laughs> 1971. 13 years ago. <laughs> 13, 13 years ago. Um, okay. Last question. What are yeah. you What are you ISO other than whiskey? Uh, <laughs> short list. And an EMP to store just, in your basement. I always really like trading consumables like alcohol because that way I, I want usually most of the time I want to get rid of stuff like I'm a big purger because yeah. I tend to accumulate a lot so for me it's much better instead of going one to one to just get rid of stuff and then I have some booze that I can you know right I mean I learned that it doesn't seem like it by looking food. around my house but I learned that lesson uh, during my buns month it was uh, everything was being traded for consumables because yeah yeah you were downsizing yeah. in a very real real way it was so. great what am I ISO though? Yeah. Let me think. I really like, I, I'm a big nerd for uh, tools, like hardware and that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. my, my room sort of looks like I live in my own garage. It's like a pegboard workbench right. and all these tools and motorcycle parts No need everywhere. for a toolbox, but tools for sure. Well, it was empty. <laughs> it was empty because I have more modern, I don't know. I shouldn't have got rid of it. It was actually super nice. It was like made in the 50s by hand and it looked awesome, but I just... Track that bun down. Like I said, I just need to... ISO... Your grandfather's toolbox. Yeah, I need to purge more than anything. So that's what that's what I use the app for the most is just downsizing. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me. Um, if you guys have any questions about any of this stuff that we talked about, email me podcast at buns.com and I will pass them along to Chris Barless. Or keep your eye out if you're ever wandering Trinity Bellwoods Park because uh, I feel like you're <laughs> wandering around there pretty often. I, uh, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I never really sleep. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Cool. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it was great. If I am over the feeling of I am over. Music this week comes by way of uh, me, actually. I'm in a band called The Maladies of Adam Stokes. Uh, I played one of our songs before. And uh, you'd think that I'd play a song to kind of shamelessly promote the fact that we have a show or something, but we don't. We've just been sitting on some recordings that no one's heard ever. Um, so I figured I'd play it here. And uh, if you like it, we will have some shows at some point. So check us out. Thanks. Tonight I fall to us to overslept in to cause it all to cast it off we'll set our sights on the western feeling set a fire to the television how could i go how could i go could i if i am over the feeling of